You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, and joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is MyBookie. Our friends over at MyBookie have a great deal for you. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA when making your account. Visit MyBookie.ag today and bet on the internet's favorite sports book. Where you play, you win, you get paid. Frank, uh, the Bucks played one, and we'll get paid for that one. Uh, they win 110-103 against Orlando Magic. Scores a little bit deceptive. It was not really that close. Uh, at halftime, it was also not super close, but like close enough where it was kind of annoying. Uh, 53-46 at the half, and then the Bucks kind of put it away with a 36-23 third quarter. Giannis shifted from, hey, I'm playing basketball. This is fun. Let me try to get my teammates involved to, Aaron Gordon, I'm going to destroy you. And pretty much did that. Uh, He ends with 26 points. He had 13 at halftime, 13 in the third quarter. And uh, I guess thinking about this game, Frank, we talked obviously so much uh, after that Pacers game about – not coming out ready to play about getting killed 37 to 16 in the first quarter. And I want to say with a win like that, that they did that where they came out in the first quarter, but they were down eight to four to start the game. So largely it felt like meh, maybe we'll play. Maybe we won't. Then about a quarter, maybe a quarter in the final four minutes of the first half, we're going to play. And then a fourth quarter of, Hey, I don't often play. This is what basketball is like. And those are your kind of three very distinct periods in that game. Am I crazy in thinking that? The first quarter was uh, not really much to write home about. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think if if, uh, if if we were hoping for a, um, you know, motivated, energized team running out to, to big early lead, that's really not what we saw. I mean, Aaron Gordon got the better of Giannis in the first quarter, got uh, – uh, uh, beat him kind of off the you know off the bounce a couple times. Um, one of those times, Giannis re- recovered with a terrific block, but called called for a second foul, um, and he was frustrated. And it's kind of a frustrating first quarter. And Bucks do take a 30-29 lead, but um, I, I don't know. I just got the feeling like the Bucks sort of were just sort of not 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 half-assing, but it it did seem like the Bucks sort of were just expecting the the magic to be bad because they've just been so bad for a few months now. Um, um, the magic were, you know, they, they just kind of hung around and, and Gordon got loose a couple times, um, used his, his activity to score 10 points in that quarter. But that was pretty much it. Um, 
you know, Magic do have a big fourth quarter in garbage time, kind of similar to what the Bucks did against the Pacers the other night. But, you know, Gordon only scores one point after the first quarter, 0 for 5 on threes, 4 of 18 from the field. Um, he uh, he certainly more or less sunk my uh, my draft team uh, tonight. Um, although, actually, my I was screwed anyway because Steph Curry uh, was my first pick, and then he ended up being a late scratch. So, um, you had my, a nice my winning from Lowry, though, right? Didn't yeah, he have a good my, night? Markinen, I had Markinen, and Markinen had a big night, but it didn't really matter because uh, you get two zeros. <laughs> you're yeah, not gonna, you're not going to win. So my winning streak is over. So I can't I can't uh, I can't gloat anymore in in, in our draft league. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of just look at uh, look at the magic, and you know, they're not horrible, but well, they they're they are horrible. I mean, that the, there's some talent there, but um, I don't know, nothing. They don't really do anything particular special. And um, tonight, they kind of looked like a team that has lost 24 of their last 28 games. Um, yep, showed some talent, but but really didn't have much. And I, I was glad to see. I mean, the, for me, the big takeaway is, you know, I, I was just glad to see Giannis sort of just say okay you know as you were saying um showed some more pride after gordon got the better of him in the first quarter and and kind of started to take it to them over the rest of the game you know hits 10 out of 15 um for 26 points in 34 minutes and again doesn't play in the fourth quarter um which is the second time in a week that we've been able to say that but did play i think the entirety of the middle two quarters um so, well, that's maybe not ideal, but, you know, again, overall, you tell me honest plays 34 minutes. Um, they weren't that, stressful a, minutes either. Yeah, that's that's a start. Right. And um, everybody in the Bucks starting five is plus 16 or better. Giannis and Henson were plus 22. And certainly, you know, third quarter is really where those guys, um, you know, they got the lead in the second quarter, but then they really extended it in the third quarter. And um, for a long time, the Bucks did not make any threes. They make just four out of 19 overall. I mean, if you told me the Bucs are going to make four out of 19 tonight, I probably would not have told you that the Bucs are going to win comfortably. Um, but, you know, again, they they got kind of what they wanted inside. They shoot 56% overall. Um, 68 paint points. Um, they <laughs> gave up 62 as well. So uh, certainly defensively. There were some holes, and there were a number of times the, the, the Magic were able to get to the rim pretty easily. Um, but, you know, for the most part, Magic didn't shoot great from three, eight out of 29. And, um, you know, Magic also took care of the ball, eight, eight just eight turnovers. So um, so the Magic, you know, did a, did a couple things well. But overall, uh, you know, again, the Bucks, good players, um, I think were just a little too good. And Giannis, 10 out of 15. Middleton, 9 out of 14. Didn't hit a three, but um, those two guys combined for 48 points on 29 shots. And... Brogdon had a sneaky uh, triple double uh, threatening game, 14, 9, and 7, a couple blocks. So, um, so you know, it was good enough, I would say. And uh, maybe the fourth quarter, unlike the last game where the fourth quarter scrub unit was the lone highlight tonight, the fourth quarter scrub unit was the major <laughs> low light of this game, yep. um, with, uh, which I guess we can talk about. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, taking care of business type win and, you know that's what the Bucks are. They're they're a team that is you know probably going to stay above five hundred all year, but um, you know again not super super convincing overall, um, but you know reasonably comprehensive. And uh, you know I think one one positive as much as the Bucks are not you know really rocketing up the East standings. Fourteen and seven at home right now. Um, I think we mentioned before the season started that you know if you want to be a team in the top four, you really have to win probably close to about two thirds of your games at home. Um, and then sort of just, 
you know, if you can say around 500 on the road, that's usually a pretty good recipe. And, uh, they have not been close to, uh, to doing that really any of the last few years. I think that's three straight years now they're at, we've been at 23 and 18. So, um, at 14 and seven, that puts you on pace for right about 27 or 28 wins, which, which would be good. Um, and certainly with, with some of the good crowds, the bucks have started to get, I don't know if tonight, tonight was not necessarily tonight. Not, great. not a great crowd, but they have been on the upswing and certainly you expect, uh, maybe people are saving up for, uh, for Friday's game against the warriors. So, um, hopefully, well, uh, well I, I will not say hopefully the bucks can keep it going on Friday, <laughs> but, but, uh, let's just say this as much as, uh, John Henson seemed acutely aware of the distraction factor uh, when he brought it up to you yesterday uh, of overlooking the magic. Uh, we can say that the Bucks, uh, to to their not maybe not great credit, but to their credit, uh, did take care of business tonight. I need to double check the numbers, but uh, you mentioned the three point shooting four of nineteen tonight, and a four of nineteen night is always going to kind of sink any of like the last three games type numbers. But I think the last three games, nineteen of sixty eight from the three-point line for the Bucks, um, That's not great. Oh. <laughs> that, that, is, that is not going to be uh, super helpful. And obviously against the Warriors, they're going to have to make some more. And um, I know something Matt and I were talking about a, a little bit tonight in, in trying to figure out if the Bucks have a, have a game in them against the, against the Warriors. And just kind of thinking through this game a little bit, I want to apologize for, in that Pacers game, kind of complaining about maybe Giannis not having enough touches or shots or whatever it is. Like, It's strange because we haven't had this conversation, I don't think, at all this year. Um, it's a conversation we had, I think, throughout the year, last year, where it would be like, should Giannis be more assertive? Should Giannis be trying to score more? And at the start of this year, like that's what he was doing, just scoring the ball like crazy. And we never really had those conversations. But it feels like certainly in that Pacers game and certainly tonight, I thought it was very clear that the first quarter Giannis was trying to get his teammates involved, kind of pacing himself, hoping to get some other people going. And then the third quarter Giannis was, all right, it's still close. You guys didn't take care of business. Get out of the way. I'm going to do it. And it's just interesting. We talked to him about it a little bit after the game. I know both Matt and I were desperate to ask that one because we both have been thinking about it over the last couple of days. And he mentioned that, yeah, he has been trying to, you know, uh, figure out ways to like control the game and in the third quarter, maybe do a little bit more of that in the first quarter, try to get guys going. And, I just don't know that I love that. I I don't know if I necessarily care to see him assert himself through playmaking to start a game. Like, and he only ends up with one assist tonight. And I, I would just prefer just go destroy the rim every time. Like you're averaging 29 points per game. No one can keep you out of the lane. And, and I just thought it was it was really obvious tonight. One, I think in the first couple minutes where. It's a semi-transition fast break. He gets to the middle of the lane. He gets to five feet, maybe, and he kicks it out for a Bledsoe three. Like, that's a bad play, period. Like, whether or not you're trying to get Eric Bledsoe involved, that is just a bad play. That That is not helping the team. Like, you are an incredible scorer in the lane it, near the rim, and you got yourself one of those looks, and then – 
he decided to kick it out. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? Because it's just strange that we had this conversation last year. There was times where we had this where is he trying to pace himself in the first quarter? Is he trying to get more guys involved in the third quarter, kind of take over games scoring-wise? And we haven't really had that conversation this year because it's never been warranted. He's just been trying to score the ball all the time. And I just feel like so much good comes from him scoring the ball that those assists are going to come anyways. Like, even with him averaging 29 points, like, maybe not all of the assists when he was point Giannis or anything like that. Like, the assists are still there. So I'm curious, are you getting that same vibe? Because it certainly seemed that way to me. And I guess if you are, any thoughts on it? Yeah, it's funny. I had actually totally forgotten about that discussion last year, but I definitely now I'm remembering as we were discussing. I was like, yeah, that definitely was a thing where he would have like starts a starts a game, starts of third quarters, where it would seem like he would be really trying to facilitate, and yep. and he was just sort of floating out of the scoring um, out of his scoring mode a, a bit too much, especially you know. Um, you you love that he does have that unselfish streak, but I think that's such a huge difference that we've seen this year is that he knows if he's got the ball in transition and, you know, unless the defense totally collapses, his best bet is to attack the rim and, and try to score himself. And, yeah. um, you know, in the first quarter, I mean, he shoots eight free throws. So uh, kind of like last game, you know, he, he obviously last game was, was a weird game in Indiana, yeah. um, taking just eight shots. But even then he shoots 14 free throws. Um, tonight he shoots 10. So, um, didn't shoot a ton at, or maybe he was three out of six in the first quarter. Um, struggled from the line early on. Um, did seem to try to, you know, have his drive and kick game going, but um, it did seem like he got a little frustrated watching Gordon. Um, Bet Gordon back cut him uh, in the third quarter as well, but then got rim checked. Uh, you know, I don't know. Giannis like defensively wasn't super sharp. Uh, for, I would say tonight. I mean, I think he's been susceptible to getting cut for much of the season that that's been something he struggled with a little bit you know both him and guys chris have, have gotten a bunch of those this year where yeah. they just totally fall asleep on the backside and and give up something and obviously with chris he's not ath- athletic enough to catch up sometimes Giannis can do it but yeah both those guys have been getting back cut more this year than last year yeah and i, I think the interesting thing is i mean you look at you know Giannis's numbers this year um only two players in the league take more shots per game than Giannis. that's james harden is at 21.2. Giannis is at 19.1. And then interestingly, the only other guy who shoots more than him um, is Chris Haps Porzingis at 19.4. And of course, you know, it's not like, um, you know, he doesn't shoot free throws either because Giannis is also second in the league in free throw attempts per game at 9.2 behind Harden, who's at 10.5. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I hadn't even really thought about it, Um, but it just felt like in the last couple games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think last game was a bit weird because he got so frustrated. I think Indiana actually did a good job kind of bottling him up. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight, I think, obviously, uh, he ended up then did having opportunities to get to the rim. And, uh, you know, Gordon is a guy last year had a game where he bottled Giannis up very well and frustrated yeah. him. I think there was that game where he also, like, missed a breakaway layup in that game, I think. Um, he had just a, oh, a bad yeah. game in Orlando. Uh, it was, like, in the third quarter, right? Yep. Like, late in the game, late yep. in the quarter, he just randomly, like, flubs a, a, a breakaway layup where he took off from Phil too far out and um so Gordon is a guy I mean he has the physical tools to give Giannis problems but um I thought Giannis did a nice job we saw a mixture uh from him of you know he hit some jump shots but you know he, he did get himself into the post and did use uh some of his strength to, to get to the rim and, and finish and um you know in that in that third quarter it was funny they kept running the corner series um with with Giannis 
running that that screen, you know, that kind of that back screen yep. where, uh, you know, usually a guard is coming to give him a screen and then, you know, Henson or, or the big guys is, is has a, a chance to throw over the top to him. And um, they kept running it and they kept not really having him there. or He was a little bit too covered. And then finally, I think I think Gordon went out, I want to say. Yeah. And his, maybe it was Hizonia was on him and they just threw over the top. You're like, all right, Hizonia's not not catching this. So. How bad is Henson at that pass? I tweeted out and I was like, the incredible thing about that play is one, how much they're running it two, how little John Henson has improved on throwing that pass this season and three, how little it matters because it doesn't like Giannis is still going to catch it and finish yeah. it and it doesn't matter. But it's like, can, can we get a couple more reps on that, John? Like, I I'd just like to see you just, just get a little bit better and, at that pass. And Henson has gotten better as a passer, but yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's a play where, you do wish that they would just throw it. I mean, if the if the defender has his back turned, just throw it. Yep. I mean, there's there's no reason not to throw it. I mean, we we've seen Giannis. I mean, he has an incredible ability to catch the ball in tough situations. Obviously, his physical tools are are no secret. So he will Randy um, Moss anyone. He does not yeah. care. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I, this game is just. I just don't think there's that much. I mean, we were you were saying it before the game this. This really wasn't a very interesting game, <laughs> to be nope. honest. Like, um, the Magic kind of were as were as advertised. You know, they had some talent. We saw you know some flashes early, but they're just not cohesive. They don't defend at a high level. Um, you know, the Bucks kept them off the offensive boards, uh, and again, the Bucks did not have their A game. They were not shooting the ball well at all, uh, but they were able to get stuff going to the rim and. Um, really, ultimately, was not a difficult game. Anytime you can get Giannis uh, a fourth quarter DNP, that's that's a, a Ooh, win. He played in the fourth quarter. Oh, he played. Did he play the he played the first the first minute or so? Yep. The fourth quarter. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's how we got. That must have been how he got to thirty four. So that'd be a lot of minutes to play in the first three quarters. Yeah, no, uh, I think he played yeah, the first four minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, so they get him. They at least don't have to go back to him um, because they the, almost did. The, the the scrubs uh, kind of let it get uh, too too close for one hundred eight one hundred and they had a chance and then my guy Wesley Wondu turned it over uh, otherwise they had a chance to cut it down to a two possession game which is insane to think of just because they dominated this entire game but yeah bench bench mob almost blew that one they probably they probably uh, I don't well, I'm not gonna say they deserved to blow it because the bench. The, the scrubs did uh, did a nice job against the uh, the Pacers in the fourth quarter of that meaningless in those meaningless minutes. Um, but we should talk about this because we don't often get to see DJ Wilson. He was uh, had a rare active, you know, he was on the actually on the active list tonight, which uh, has been very rare of late. Um, and uh, you know, I've I've said. Man, I wish we could we could at least see DJ Wilson like get on the court at times just to see if you can maybe get anything from him to give Giannis a blow at times. <sighs> DJ Wilson is not adapting well to the NBA. Yeah, that was not a strong three minutes from DJ Wilson. Uh, he gets two turnovers in that three minutes. Uh, doesn't take any shots or really have any sort of positive impact on the game. They let's see. They try to throw an elbow entry to him, and Mario Hazonia just goes right around him, steals it, goes down for a dunk. Um, I'm trying to think what is what did his second turnover come on? Was it a bad? Uh, he, he oh he tried to spin an, move on Hazonia and tossed it because uh, I think no it, no he had a he had an elbow catch and he just didn't really do much. He was looking for a pass and they called him for a travel. 
Oh, so that first owl catch didn't even count as a turnover. So technically, no, I think that I think that was on the passer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even technically, was, three turnovers yeah. for DJ Wilson. the The first time they try to get him an elbow catch doesn't work because only goes for a dunk. The next time he gets a catch, travels, and the third time I believe it might have been a pick and pop action, um, but somehow he gets on the top of the key, puts it down with his right hand, tries yeah, to spin, yeah. and when he spins, I mean. Spin moves at the NBA level are hard every time you go up another level, high school to college, college to the NBA. Spin moves become more and more difficult to execute and just wasn't quick enough. Hazonia taps it out and uh, third, technically, uh, second turnover for DJ Wilson. But I would probably give him credit for all three of those um, in my personal stat book. Not that that's a thing that exists. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you – I told you this before we started recording, like – I don't know how – I don't obviously feel great about DJ Wilson. I don't think he looks good. I don't think he's looked good throughout the year. But asking him to just get elbow catches might not be the best use of him. I would just say throw him somewhere on the three-point line. Ultimately, that probably speaks poorly of the type of basketball player that he can become, that the only thing I can think to do with him is throw him on the three-point line and hope he can throw some of those in. So – yeah, uh, not a comforting two and a half minutes or three minutes or whatever it ended up being with DJ Wilson. Uh, just did did not make you feel good in really any way. Uh, but, Frank, something that can make you feel good is MyBookie. The NFL playoffs are finally here, and I want to tell you guys about MyBookie.ag, the number one rated online sports book. The sport book that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They have odds on everything, live betting, and an all-new prop builder. Create your own bet slips, bet how you want. Bet from your desktop, tablet, or on their world-class mobile site that lets you bet anytime, anywhere. MyBookie offers the fastest, no-hassle payouts when you win. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, that promo code is LOCKEDONNBA when making your account. Visit MyBookie.ag today and bet on the Internet's favorite sports book where you play, you win, and you get paid. Frank, if you had to make a bet on DJ Wilson turning into a capable NBA player at some point, would you? Uh... I, I just it, it definitely you know I, I mean and I guess I'm spend, not, I'm not asking spend, you to bury a rookie like after yeah. just barely seen him but I I feel like there's got to be at least some level of concern there yeah I mean we we spent the last few years you know alternating between talking about how terrible Rashad Vaughn was and then other people saying like oh he's so young you can't judge him you got to give him time blah 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 and now three years later and he's you know not i mean he actually has gotten a, a bit better his numbers are not bad this year but obviously he's not part of the team's future and he's not playing at all you know even in these blots and um you know i mean i think rashad vaughn is a cautionary tale i mean the bucks obviously reached on vaughn um, also he's younger he was, than dj wilson right now. he's younger than dj Wilson. he's much younger than dj wilson um he's or he's younger now than four, dj wilson is, four right? months younger than dj wilson yeah. currently yeah and and that's what's scary about dj wilson is i mean he was a role player in college he's an older prospect and you know if guys like that don't come in and you know kind of show something then it's more concerning because obviously the, they, they should be further along so 
I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things that um, he was, you know, a guy that was not on my radar at all. I, I, to be honest, when he was picked, I, I really had not even thought about him as a prospect. Um, I, I can see how you can talk yourself into the idea of him having a kind of malleable skill set, being a, you know a mobile guy who's got good length and uh, obviously has some ball skills. Has you know yep. kind of well, oftentimes like looks to play more like a wing. Uh, has shown perimeter touch for sure. Uh, so I mean, there's some raw materials there to work with. It's not like you know, you're talking about like a Gary Payton type guy who, you know, is physically gifted but is lacking the single most important skill for himself to have, which yep. is shooting as a guard. Uh, you know, Wilson actually, in theory, you know, you couldn't talk yourself into like, well, if he shoots the way, you know, you'd project him to to shoot based on his, you know, stuff we saw in college, um, then then that should that should be a you know a guy who can be a rotation player, but um, obviously. You know, not great in summer league. Not great in the very few minutes we've seen him play in the NBA. But you know, probably the bigger concern is just the fact that you know the coaching staff has has appears to have no confidence in him at all. And you know, even with really no other power forwards on the roster behind Giannis, he hasn't played at all. So, um, so again, you know, you can't you can't close the book on a guy after um, you know after a few months of of a rookie season, but. You know, I mean, let's be honest, like if if John Horse could go back and and make a different pick, it, do, would anybody think that he's actually going to pick DJ Wilson again, given what we've seen from some of the guys like John Collins and others picked after? I mean, Kuzma, Collins, I mean, you know, granted, those guys are, are a little bit of outliers. You know, you usually don't expect to get necessarily that much quality um, later in the draft. And again, I don't necessarily blame the Bucks for passing on a guy like Kuzma who really didn't show this ability in in college. Um, But, you know, I mean, let's just say I I really wish the Bucs could have traded DJ Wilson in the Eric Bledsoe trade instead of a future pick because it it does not seem likely that the Bucs are going to be able to recoup uh, recoup a future first at any time for for DJ Wilson. Hopefully he proves us wrong. But, um, again, you know, uh, usually if, if older prospects look this you know, sort of irrelevant early on. That's that's not a good sign. Yeah, I am not much for hindsight drafting. That is not uh, an exercise that I really enjoy. But I would totally agree with you. Like, if if you gave John Horst another chance at that one, I would have to assume. Even, I mean, even if he didn't know that there was something better elsewhere, like if you just gave him the chance to say, "Hey." In this hypothetical fantasy, you've gotten to see DJ Wilson for, what is that, six months? You've gotten to see six months of DJ Wilson. Do you want to do your pick over? Even if he didn't know anything else about any of the other prospects in that hypothetical, you'd have to think he says yes, right? Like, yeah. th- there just isn't enough from DJ Wilson at this point to, to really feel any differently. And I guess I, I, the thing that has just always been kind of curious to me is – the fact that DJ Wilson gets drafted and on draft night, like Jason Kidd makes a joke about him not being able to rebound. So that like that's funny and great, whatever. But <laughs> at at the same time, I think everyone knows that Jason Kidd doesn't like when you screw up the fundamentals, like when you don't rebound, when you don't play defense. Those things piss him off. So. 
if you actively know and joked about that on draft night, like you either need to look past that as a coach during the regular season and give him some run and not worry about the fact that he can't rebound, or maybe don't draft a guy that can't rebound and you feel that strongly about that you want to make a joke on draft night. So I don't know. It's just, it's always been very curious to me. Um, and it's, something that I just I don't know that I've ever understood so uh, we'll kind of see what happens there um, let me let me think of another over under here Frank um, I believe the trade deadline is February 8th right I think that's the trade deadline this year um, over under Rashad Vaughn being on the Bucks on February 9th you can use that as a yes or no. You can do whatever you want with it. But. Um, I I would say yeah, and and the thing is, I don't. I mean, obviously Vaughn has no real trade value, so I I would say it's not I'll to trade this. him. It's for yeah. flexibility. Yeah, I would say the odds are Vaughn does not finish the year in Milwaukee. I think, um, again, I, I think there's there's probably a decent chance that the Bucks try to make some other type of uh, addition to their roster at some point this this season and you know they're at 15 roster spots so you'd have to cut somebody and uh, you know obviously you could cut jet um you know he doesn't obviously he's not like a, a guy that you expect to bring back next year either um and, and to be honest you could i mean you could cut jet and then re-sign him in the summer right there's no i mean there's no reason you couldn't do that anyway but it but let's be honest they're not going to re-sign jet in the summer um so uh but yeah i mean but i think just given vaughn has doesn't really have a future. He's not like you know a, a leader or something like that. Also, um, he's not on playing in garbage time. Like in he's garbage not playing, time, right? Not playing. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I think the the sun has has you know as much as we we always say don't ever you know count out uh, these sorts of things with Jason Kidd. He may just start randomly playing him for a week or something like that. But um, but yeah, I, I would say I would not expect him to to finish the season in Milwaukee. And and to be honest, if they're not going to play him, they they might as well waive him. I mean, his his contract is guaranteed. He's going to get paid regardless. But um, not at this moment, you know, though. You might, right? Like if you want to, if there's a possibility that you need some extra money or something in a trade, like if you yeah, cut that, him now, no, that's true, yeah. right? Because that's the yeah. only reason I mentioned the trade deadline is like you keep him around so you have an extra. 1.9 if you need to even out a trade um, and or if you need a, a roster spot to get a, someone in like that can be the guy you can cut because if you cut him now and sign someone else then well you're not going to want to sign you're not going to want to cut that other guy if you make a trade that would bring in two guys instead of you know what I mean yeah yeah although I, I would say there's I mean, if there's a bigger trade then and who knows maybe that that little bit of money could could be useful in, in evening up um and then the other team probably just waves him when once he comes yep. over but um but the other factor too is i mean the bucks have a couple of trade exceptions one for for five million dollars so um if they want to do a smaller acquisition they really don't need probably don't need him for mm-hmm. that um they could probably pretty easily absorb you know if somebody just wants to give away some contract that that they want um or or you know send some some other kind of minor like you know second round pick or something like that back uh that would that would be doable you really probably even wouldn't need a guy like vaughn but but yeah it's it's um it'll be an interesting situation to watch because that's the other thing too i mean if the guy if the guy doesn't if the guy is not going to play then you know would would you rather just be a free agent so he could potentially sign someplace else but but then again i mean is he going to sign someplace else i don't yeah. i don't i don't know um so it's uh 
it's too bad. But yeah, I mean, that's this is this is really, um, you know, I think one of the quietly um, problematic, not even quietly, but one of the very, very problematic aspects of the Bucks roster, which we've talked about. You know, you obviously, you know, you you really hit on something with with drafting Brogdon in the second round. Um, you know, Sterling Brown. Well, Sterling Brown had an interesting night. I mean, he was around the ball a lot. Only hit one out of four shots tonight, but um, he is a guy that I'll crown that him Frank. I'll has crown a no- him. He, he's he is an <laughs> mf'er through and through. He is an mf'er. I, I was I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I thought maybe it was like seventy five percent. No, he's an mf'er. He, he definitely is. This is the fourth person that's tried to fight him. Or actually, no, yeah, four people now because in the first half, Aaron Aflalo got in a pushing match with him during a play and screamed in his ear for about five seconds. And, like, Sterling Brown didn't do anything. The officials decided to let him play on. Uh, So that happened. And then in garbage time in the fourth quarter, he gets a a double technical with Evan Fournier. So now in – I don't even know how many games he's played in. I would have to double check on that. Uh, So in 15 games, he has gotten – I would. Uh, how many technicals does he have? Uh, but either way, he's managed to. Let's see. Who is he all pissed off? He's pissed off Chris Paul. Uh, he's pissed off Lance Stevenson. He's pissed off Evan Fournier. Mark, he's, Marcus Smart, maybe. Yeah, he's pissed off Marcus. Was he the guy that called Marcus Smart trash? There's no confirmation of it, but man, okay. with the precedent he's set in those couple of games he's actually played, I would think he was the one on the bench calling calling him trash because Marcus Smart said I was a rookie. So. That seems like something Sterling Brown would do. So throw Marcus Smart on the list. And now Fournier and Aflalo, five dudes, and he's barely played this season. So that dude's an MFer. He just he just gets under people's skin. Yeah, he's that was actually his first technical of the season. So oh, he, come on. he has Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he has uh he They didn't he tee did, up Chris Paul and him? I swear there was a double technical. Did they just talk to each other and then the rest yeah. put him up? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, his uh, his three point percentage dropped from fifty six percent to forty five percent tonight because he missed both of his three point attempts, but um, did hit another jumper. And as I said, seven defensive rebounds in twenty one minutes, a steal, a block. Um, yeah, I mean he's around the ball. I think that's that's an encouraging thing. I mean, remember we we uh, we talked about how if if while on the bench, if he was going to do anything, he should take notes on DeAndre Liggins like mm-hmm. MFerness. You you called that out and his un, uh, annoying factor because you know if, if Brown could bring sort of some of that effort intensity and then pair it with some actual offensive skill that's, that's a, an that's NBA a play- basketball player. That, that's a playable NBA player and um tonight he plays 21 minutes. I don't is that a career high? Probably. It almost has right? to be cuz he played um, in the first half and garbage time. Yeah. Yeah. So um so nice to see Sterling actually getting some run. And uh, you know we'll see how it how it keeps up. Obviously, we're we're very much in small sample theater with him and and anything for him statistically. But um, yeah, I mean he you know again I, I feel like he he's still like a lot of rookies. He and this was the nice thing about what we saw in that in Indiana garbage time was he actually found the three point line. Um, I think he's a guy that that still kind of has a little bit of that college mindset where he's trying to, to dribble into mid range shots just because he's more comfortable from that distance. Um, but, uh, again, it'll be interesting to watch cause you know, you got nothing from Vaughn, your 2015 pick, you're getting nothing from your 2017 pick. Um, Vaughn, Vaughn, what had about three lobs thrown for him tonight. And, and not that these are all like perfect lob passes, but there were some rough ones. 
but but it it is almost comical how how many lobs are being thrown for Thon because he can't catch a basketball. <laughs> and, no, he struggles with that. Uh, he did actually catch a ball uh, along the baseline and that that he dunked tonight in the fourth quarter. Yep. So that was nice to see him actually do something. But um, yeah, it's 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 strange. It's so strange. He's such a strange player. It's it's so strange to think that like in high school he was viewed as this like you know. I don't know. Obviously, some people thought he had like a real high upside offensively, and it's one just like one crossover, man. That's all it took. One crossover, yeah. But then it's like you just watch him with the with the, when he's got the ball or trying to catch the ball. I mean, it's just kind of I just can't see him ever. It's weird, and it's also weird that he has has is coordinated enough to shoot the ball well, but he can't like catch or do anything else with a basketball. It's just yeah. it's just if you're still holding out hope of Thon developing into like a really good offensive player, like I just don't know what. We're just watching a different guy, I guess. Um, I mean, he can get stronger. That would certainly help him probably uh, in, in many phases, both offensive and defensively. But, but yeah, Thon, Thon's obviously been rough. So, I mean, that's your last three first-round picks you've gotten. Just, man, so little from those guys. And uh, Malcolm is really the saving grace and um, also puts a lot of pressure on Sterling Brown. You know, I mean, you really want to get something out of Sterling Brown, have him develop into a rotation player because that certainly would uh, – would mitigate, you know, a lot of the frustration of of getting so little out of these last few first round picks. And again, we can say like, well, they're young, blah blah blah. It's like, well, yeah, but I mean, like I said, like your last four first round picks, if you throw Jabari in there, like literally, like provide you no product, like really productive minutes on a nightly basis, and that's just rough. That I mean, that's that's putting a lot of pressure on on your star players, and it's just a lot harder to keep a a sane cap sheet when you you know you, you're not getting value from from those guys on the cheap on cheap deals so anyway not to bemoan that hopefully sterling can uh can make us feel better moving forward um but yeah that's all i've got i gotta say people are gonna be mad at us for the bucks winning and looking good in the third quarter and then us just complaining for the entire <laughs> podcast uh but if you're a bucks fan at this point you should kind I don't of know, that's kind of what it. yeah i mean that's kind of what bucks fans live for right yeah I mean, yeah so let's let's go over the positives. The starting lineup, all plus sixteen or better. Uh, the worst one was Chris Middleton, who got stuck with the uh, with the bench unit uh, for a, a large part of the fourth quarter. Uh, that did not help him out. Uh, he's at plus sixteen, twenty two points, five rebounds, four assists for him tonight. Giannis twenty six points, seven rebounds, assist, and it up. And a block plus twenty two on the night. Eric Bledsoe fifteen points, five rebounds, four assists, a steal, two blocks, and a plus nineteen on the night. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon almost a triple double. Um, hashtag triple double watch for him. Fourteen points, nine rebounds, seven assists. Also two blocks for Malcolm Brogdon. One crazy one on Aaron Aflalo going up for a one handed dunk that. I never in a million years thought Malcolm Brogdon, of all people, would get to. But uh, showing off that sneaky athleticism, uh, once again, by Malcolm Brogdon. John Henson, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 blocks, and uh, MJ hand switch on the way for a layup in the third quarter that we joked about uh, with him after the game. I think Stephen Watson from WISN 12 tweeted that one out. So hopefully you guys get to enjoy John Henson talking about him switching hands and being proud of himself on that one. Uh, not going to talk about the bench. Nothing to talk about there. Uh, but the starters, they were great. The Bucks, uh blow out the Magic 36-23 in the third quarter. That's kind of where they win the game. And they win the game 110-103. Golden State Warriors coming up on Friday night. And it is going to be a tough test 
and we will see what they can do in that one. That's Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We've been brought to you by MyBookie. Head over to MyBookie.ag today and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA when you're making your account. And if you do that now when you join MyBookie, they will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Again, that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. That's it for us for today. We'll talk to you tomorrow as we prep you and get you ready for Bucks Warriors on Friday night. We'll talk to you then.